we're talking if you're not if we're not recording. <laughs> I'm, I'm still waking up. I, I, I rolled out of bed about six I, minutes ago. The subtext of my question of why we're doing this at 10 a.m. is how did we convince Crete to do this at 10 a.m.? <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Well, hello, Fathoms listeners. Welcome to another episode of Fathoms. Very early Indiana. episode. A very early episode. So <laughs> you have no way of knowing this unless we tell you. We are recording at 10 a.m., which mm. never happens. Never. Why does that never happen, Creek? Because I stay up till like 2 a.m. doing things. I'm, I'm an irresponsible <laughs> adult. Yes. Doing things. Yeah, yeah most people so have already had like we, three meals by this time of the day and several yeah, see, cups of coffee. I don't have kids or a partner, so I'm not required to do anything. Hey, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Let But let it be known that Fathoms as a podcast is not a morning show. Typically, absolutely, <laughs> but here we are, and so uh, Drew here with Creek and Lindsay Abram. Unfortunately, is indisposed, as they say, <laughs> can't be with us today. <laughs> but we're we're here to. Um... Is that a train? It's an early morning it's a train. train. At first, I thought it was music. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. So, anyway. Uh, so we're here to have a, a debrief conversation about our previous few episodes with Maria Jose and Chennai. And then also what we want to do is set up the next set of episodes. We're, we're going to try to do this periodically throughout this season as a way to make sure that um, you know we're learning alongside you as we engage in the interviews. Uh, I think it can be easy for us to just focus on making sure that we're doing a good job of interviewing and taking care of all of the tech-related issues, that sometimes we can lose the opportunity to reflect on all the wisdom and insight that is uh, coming from our guests to us. And so we're going to take a little bit of time just to talk about that. Drew, that was such so, a classy way of saying like, we just actually want to talk more. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. I'm curious for each of you, what was, is, was there anything surprising about these two episodes for you? I don't know if it was surprising for me, but something that popped out to me with MJ's interview was when we were kind of asking her, what's some advice you have for us to you know, I- expand our cultural understanding and awareness of our own culture and others? And, and she said, get a passport. I was mm. like, not expecting that at all. I was expecting yeah. a little bit more of like, well, you can go on your phone and like go on the, inter- you know, like something mm. more. I, I, was, I was appreciative that she is putting some work in front of us to do, some intentionality. And I had to actually think about, okay, so like, how am I gonna make that happen? What kind of sacrifices am I willing to make to really learn about other cultures and really expand and open my awareness? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was, there was some work there that I didn't really expect. Yeah, you're right. It is a good reminder in both episodes, I think, uh, were good reminders that uh, there's a lot of great Enneagram work happening in other countries. And in our default settings, or in my default setting, I'll speak for myself, it's very easy for me to just engage and consume content that is right in my midst, you know, 
even in our digitally connected age, um, I think it's still quite easy to default to kind of your own cultural expressions of really anything. Um, but that's especially true for the Enneagram, which I think really limits our ability to understand one another and, and also continue to learn about the Enneagram because there's mm-hmm. some really great stuff coming out of some really great teachers all over the world. Yeah. I think the, uh, because we are such, the U.S. is such a big country and because we're one of the bigger ones, I think Maria Jose said something like this, but like, there's not, there's not really a need to go outside of the country. There's like, there's, there's plenty to do and see here. And whenever I travel overseas, everyone is just so surprised how little Americans know about the rest of the world because yeah. we don't need to like in the respect of our survival. Right. Just getting through our day to day lives. Right. Right. And like in Europe, like countries are right next to each other, mm-hmm. a lot smaller. So you run into different cultures a lot more easily. So I think it's just like she, she mentioned watching movies in different languages and yeah it's it's difficult subtitles are not as much fun but that's what the rest of the world has to do yeah <laughs> but you know what was movies. crazy is that i actually took her up on that and i looked up the show that she was talking about and i was like i'm gonna do this mm-hmm. and it had been overdubbed in english yeah for yeah. like the that's only not, version i had access to was over it's and not I was my like, favorite okay yeah. so mm-hmm. this speaks volumes to what you know corporations know americans are willing to do and not willing to do. Like, we're going to get... And English is one of the most commonly spoken. Okay, well, languages. that's a more generous interpretation. I was... You know. <laughs> yeah, we'll um, generous creak like, in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Pre-coffee. He gets just more jaded throughout the day, right? <laughs> yes. Well, that's very true, actually. Um, you should wake uh, up early something... more often. <laughs> no, thank you. I know, listen, I know this is not early, but I, there's, yeah, anyways, something from Chennai that I was, that I thought was really great was after re-listening through it a few times, just being struck with how many things she's juggling mm-hmm. um, yeah. in her position as Chinese Malaysian woman and all the experiences that she has. It's just, it was just remarkable how many things, how many calculations she has to make with yeah. for one decision and so that was that was really interesting um not necessarily new but just like a, a deeper understanding of how many there actually are yeah yeah that intersectionality coupled with you know when she talked about hey you know that she knows herself well enough to know hey my personality is really bubbly and kind of joyful and happy and and so she realizes that that sometimes gets interpreted uh, to her disadvantage, right? Mm-hmm. As, mm-hmm. you know, being like youthful or not serious or, you know, some of those things when in fact she's a really highly intelligent, highly successful human being, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just a good reminder that these layers, um, these dynamics of personhood with these cultural overlays are really important to consider. Very much, yeah. yeah. I had moments with both MJ and Chennai where I realized like how much I was projecting my own experience onto them. And with MJ, it was like, you know, this question about speaking 
from a perspective of a Chilean woman. And she was like, well, I only have my perspective, you know? And I realized this experience I have as an American of like, oh, sure, we can speak for entire populations. (laughs) Like I'm one person, but I can speak on behalf of like everyone who looks like me. And that really was like a moment where I was like, oh, I love, I love the wisdom of that. And then with Chennai, you know, when I was asking her about what it's like for her as a woman in the corporate world, I realized like I was completely expecting a response from her that mirrors my experience as a woman in America. And her response was like, oh, it's really fun. And I was like, what? (laughs) Not what I was expecting. So I just realized on both both accounts, like there was a place that I was making assumptions and projections where I'd like to be more open. So one one thing that I've been thinking for myself after these interviews, and I think it might be a good question for everybody, is um, what are the ways that my culture, whether that's as an American, maybe other subcultures that I'm a part of as well, how is that expressing itself? in my day-to-day life. Mm. How does that overlap with my style as a two or my instinctual bias as a navigator? And what are some things that maybe I can go a little bit deeper on there? For example, the way that sixes I know respond differently based on the political culture that they're part of, you know? Yeah. So I just think there's there's a lot there to, to contemplate. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I have... I have friends on the right and the left and just all over the world. And it's, especially when these conversations happen closer together, I'm like, wow, they all think the world is going to fall apart and collapse in a different way. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. Um, (laughs) And I'm I'm always trying to like bring people back to the middle be like, you know, maybe not that bad. Could Could it be that it's not going to all explode tomorrow? So, yeah, that's that's interesting. And, and having grown up in a more conso- conservative culture, and now having more friends in a more in the more the progressive culture, and and just finding my different the different ways in which I, as a four, like differentiate myself from both, mm. and how I I I don't like being labeled as one or the other, and I feel like that's 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 my Enneagram playing into my culture. And I Mm -hmm. see that happen constantly. And then when I'm in, when I'm in another country, a lot of times, then this is probably a navigating thing, right? Where it's, I'm, I am so hyper aware, almost too aware of how much I stick out and how many times I have the potential of, of doing something stupid. And I just, (laughs) I don't want to, I want to, weirdly, I want to fit in which is kind of feels contrary to that for experience. Do you want to fit want in to, or blend in so you don't attract <laughs> attention? Kind yeah, that's that's I want to uniquely blend in, <laughs> like almost like I'm not an American, which is is just really interesting how that all plays out. Hmm. I don't know if that answers your question or not, but yeah, and that it makes sense in that in that context you're trying to be unique from other Americans and that you don't stand out as an American. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It shows there's so much more to who we are than just, you know, our Enneagram type, mm-hmm. right? And I think we can get so um, narrowly focused, on, you know, in the Enneagram 
world about, you know, aspects of type and um, all the, you know, all these different, you know, uh, triads and in, in these sorts of things to help kind of unpack our personality type, which is helpful, but only mm-hmm. to the extent that it is understood and integrated within, you know, the broader sense of self in a particular context, in a particular place, right? For a particular person. For a t- for Yes, absolutely, for a particular person. Yeah. Yeah, so along with that, I think it, that doesn't mean that the Enneagram isn't helpful. Yeah, I actually think the Enneagram is um, a really helpful starting point. You know, you've heard me say probably ad nauseum at this point, you know, type is the trailhead. <laughs> yeah, but that, because it, I think it's true, right? It's true in these ways that I think our type, our type is a really good starting point to begin to observe, start to notice, learn, you know, and then apply what we know about ourselves in relation to others in these particular kind of contexts, right? Uh, I think the problem is, is if we just reduce everyone to a simplistic notion of type, right? As opposed to, no, let's use type to help, help us better understand and access and observe all of these cultural overlays and these dynamics of personhood. Mm -hmm. Whether it's the, the potential type culture of that country or the instinctual bias of that country or whatever, using that as the starting point mm-hmm. and then approaching all of it with beginner's mind. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important and just something I've learned over and over in all my travels is just just never, never assume that you understand how things go and how people are going to perceive you because um, most of the time it's wrong. So, And I feel like as we're talking about cultures and subcultures and all these other things, it this feels like a good transition point to start talking about what's um, this next topic that we're discussing for this season. And it's a it's a little different just because we recorded a lot because there's just, especially for the U.S., there's just a lot to talk about when it comes to this topic. Um, and the topic is race and. Before you <laughs> hit pause and never come back, like just inviting everyone to be curious once again. Like we've beginner's through 2020 mind. through all the things in the beginner's yes. mind. Yes, That's what we're doing. Um, I, I think we sourced some guests that I think communicated things in a way that were actually approachable mm-hmm. and both created that safe space, but also the brave space, both the the space to be your unique self, not devaluing any of your experience, but also inviting you to experience the difficulty and joy of the other. And so I'm curious as, as we, as we head into these next couple, uh, actually four, we're releasing it on a Tuesday and a Thursday and a Tuesday and a Thursday to just pack it into two weeks. Cause we just, we were going to like, Blend them all together, and it's like, no, all of these need to be so full good. episodes. Full They're episodes, really, yeah. really good. Um, and so, I'm curious for you all, what is what is it the thing that you hope the listener will take away from this? Um, not just cognitively, but practically. I just have to. I don't know why, but all of a sudden, I'm feeling really emotional. I feel like my heart is just like. And I don't, I don't, I need to take a second and see if I can put words to that. But that is the actual response that I have right now. It could be excitement. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it could be gratitude. I feel really, really grateful for everything that these upcoming guests have shared. And I also feel a lot of humility with the whole process. And I think that that's... Can you speak to that? Oh, I think that sometimes we get really tired with this conversation. And it's really hard because we, we want... I think the majority of us want to see change. We want to see people that we care about who are hurting. We want to see change happen that feels meaningful for them and to engage in that in whatever way we need to take responsibility for. But there comes a point where we get tired and we don't know what to do. And it's harder. It's hard to admit when we don't have answers. Um, and it's hard to admit when we don't know how to get answers. And so I think that that's a space where we can start to get sort of walled off and, and hard-hearted and tell ourselves we've done all we can do. And we have all the answers we need for our own personal journey with, with racism. And I think that um, the humility that's needed is just a willingness to say, there is so much more to learn. And it's okay for me to be with the tension of this is hard and I don't have yeah. answers. I'm just gonna stay open with that with that tension and open and, and searching and waiting for the answers to come and keep walking the path. Yeah. I feel like this is a representation of if you can stay open to the story of other, then you can stay open to the story of yourself Ooh. and letting it yeah. evolve, letting the sure. painful parts be part of your story yeah and and staying with yourself as much as you can stay with others and isn't that so yeah. true yeah I, I I'm excited and hopeful that our listeners will yeah receive this no matter where they are on the conversation on race if they consider themselves an activist an ally or if they deem co any conversation like this as quote unquote woke <laughs> that they would just hopefully trust us enough to listen and take the time to listen because um, I think not only are these insightful interviews from really brilliant, generous, and also challenging experts on this conversation on race, they are also brilliant Enneagram teachers. And they there's plenty for us all on both of those fronts. So yeah. I hope people will tune in. So listener, again, thank you so much for, for trusting us for going on this journey. Uh, we mentioned in the intro episode, like, get ready. Here we go. Uh, there's going to be some, some wonderfully challenging places. So stay curious, stay open, um, trust us, trust yourself with your capacity to handle difficult conversations. We will be releasing four episodes when it, uh, as it comes to race, and they'll be coming out on Tuesdays and Thursdays for the next two weeks. Um, and then we'll debrief those and then move into the next topic. So thanks again for joining us on Fathoms and Enneagram podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fathoms and Enneagram podcast. If you found this episode helpful in any way, consider sharing it with a friend or family member. We are so honored to be on this journey with you, discovering our inner depths one fathom at a time. Truthwork Media Studios.
you know, each Enneagram type. I was like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> That's staying in. <laughs> I can't wait for Creek to put that in. I feel like there's so much packed into this first one. What were we thinking with that? Yeah. Help me. 